Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Well, we're back for more season six to twenty-four on the Oz Network. What are, you, are you still with us? Uh, because we checked out a long time ago, uh, but maybe not because this episode is a slight improvement, only slight, over last week's episode. We're up to season six, episode fourteen, seven p.m. to eight p.m. Written by story of Manny Cotto and David Fury. Teleplay by Howard Gordon, Evan Katz. Basically, the entire writing staff contributed to this episode. Uh, and directed by John Kassar. Uh, this aired March 19, 2007. Oh. My birthday week. Happy birthday, me. Um, what a great day, day that day was. for this one. And I can tell you what a great day March 19 is. It's Bruce Willis's birthday and Glenn Close's birthday. <laughs> and yet oh, the number wow. one star, according to Famous Birthdays, is YouTube star Michael Lee. Fuck you, Michael Lee. Bruce Willis and Glenn Close. Those two people should rule the planet, all right? If only we could just get a plug from any of these YouTube people. Um, If we stopped bashing them every single week, maybe we could actually get some listeners on here. Fuck Michael Lee, YouTube star. What does he do? How old is he? 12? He's turning 23. He's 23. His social media personality who features his dance content on TikTok has 51 million fans. Fuck you. TikTok, TikTok. I'm sorry. (laughs) If Glenn Close and Bruce Willis had TikTok in the 80s, they would have 100 million fans. Fuck you, Michael Lee. Uh, Back to the episode. (laughs) We're done criticizing all the internet here. Um, We are going to go over all the excitement here, including Jack flying a drone and Nadia being tortured because somebody of color has to in a season of 24. Uh, my name is Colin, and I need you to check his breath. God, what am I? Well, I'm just turning pages here. Um, <laughs> my name is Ben, and you are a racist. <laughs> That's not true. Wish uh, we had Noah you're not on this show. Noah. I know. Would have been more appropriate. By the way, happy birthday, Noah. Happy birthday, uh, are Noah. Are closer now? And fuck you, Michael <laughs> Lee. <laughs> That's one you line uh, every week. <laughs> Fuck you, Michael Lee. Uh, th- this episode, I, I'm going to say it right now. If I had not been coming off of the last three weeks, um, I might have hated this even more. But there's something in this episode, and maybe it is having every single writer on staff contributing, where I almost feel like they're having fun with this episode being bad. There, there are several moments in this episode where I actually got a laugh, and I'm like. They might have actually meant for me to get a laugh out of that. Yeah, I don't know if Fox would have been so happy that they're almost making fun of their own show, but it almost feels like it's just a parody of itself this week. So I'm I'm kind of accepting this episode. I'm accepting it for what it is. Eh, I mean, it's, yeah, there's like one or two lines in here, which is kind of funny. I get it. Like the kissing bit with Chloe. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's just, I mean, 
you just you're trying to make old Doyle face derp whatever Ricky wank face. face. Um, you're trying to make him Jack again, and then like just this whole sequence around like the flight simulator scene is just dumb. And I get it, 2007, all drones, how modern. Um, but like it just it makes me so mad. The two things in this episode that like. Like, again, last week I said I, I don't mind it when you get a character who's kind of, like, arrogant and, like, stands up to their accusations. Like, the full-on aspect of, like, why do you need... Like, you, you've done such a great job in putting, like, a, a, a Middle Eastern slash Muslim kind of character in a role in an anti-terrorist organisation and within five seconds of this interview, she's Muslim, she's a terrorist! <laughs> like, I mean, come on! Like, it's just, it's so, and I don't, from memory, I don't think this ever gets rectified. Like, she just gets tortured and they find out it's not her. Okay, moving on. Awkward. Like, yeah, she's it's, got it's more, not like Sarah where she basically leverages this for herself. She's right? got more reason than Sarah to sue. She's been literally judged because she's a of her skin orientation, her, her ethnicity. Skin orientation. <laughs> ethnicity, like her religion, like all, whatever you want to say. And then the other aspect, and again, I said this last week about how mad I got when I watched this live. They kill Audrey off screen? Like, to me, it was like a... Kim Raver was, I don't think, ever slated to come back on this season. I remember when this season came back, I believe she had joined Grey's Anatomy at this point. And I had always sort of like, oh, is she coming back? Is she coming back? And I think it was always said like, yeah, no, she's not coming back this season. So the fact that that was a thing, and then they all, like, I always thought like, okay, well, they'll just leave it open and I'm sure she'll return later on. I remember when this episode aired and like they killed her off. My friend at the time who was watching this with me and I remember texting her and I was fucking furious. I'm like, what the fuck? Why have they done this? And then just like also like Jack's reaction in this episode. Again, we see him reacting to deaths in a couple of seasons over a certain Renee who, oh no, I got my dick wet once because we had a bit of chemistry for about three hours across two seasons. And that basically turns in evil. And yet the two times Audrey dies, he doesn't exactly go on a rampage like he does with Renee. Massive issue I have with that. It just, it just, it, it baffles me. And then it just, oh, I, I know this is going to pay off in the long term. There's going to be a great order reveal, which is to me, maybe the best thing of this season besides the first four episodes. But, oh, it just, it made me mad. Made me mad, Colin. And then Jack plays Flight Simulator. Cool. So uh, I don't remember... Uh, whether this was released or not, that she was coming back. Uh, I, I tend to think it wasn't, but I don't think I had that same reaction, partly because they do conclusively say she's dead, where I'm like, okay, even if she's not coming back this season, I doubt they would kill her off camera. So I think I I pretty much read this scene from the beginning as, oh, they're going to find some way out of this. Maybe it'll be this season, maybe it'll be next I season. So I don't, I don't 20, think I Colin. <laughs> you were young and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I, I I don't remember getting angry at this. Uh, if anything, I think I probably you know would have anticipated the end of this episode. Oh, it's gonna be revealed. She's gonna be like the cliffhanger or something like that. Which I almost thought watching this episode this week, I almost thought that's where this was gonna go. I'm like, oh, does she come back this soon? But they they do let it rest for a while, which I guess is you know clever to kind of toy with the audience and, and people you know of uh, very limited emotional stability like Ben. Well, I mean, yeah, but like this is thank you. It's as I said. It's like the smart one of the smartest things they do this season is as people like me believe this that they've done it, and then spoiler alert, like I think maybe four episodes time or so, three episodes time with the reveal, which arguably to me is like maybe the most excited I've ever been in any episode of Twenty Four ever is when that happened 
because it was done in a way that A, wasn't spoiled, B, I don't really think you get a clue what's happening when that scene happens. So for dumb 20-year-old Ben, it ticked all the boxes. It worked. Like this is one of these sort of like, you know, MacGuffins that actually worked. You know, not one of these ones where we've kind of gone, oh, it's obvious they're going to do it. And this is a, a key thing in 24 season six where they haven't rushed it because you're right. Like 24 season six, they should have just revealed this at the end. But they, it's three, four episodes away until we get her back. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. So not dead. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's it's done in a very clever way. I think I also was probably analyzing at this point. Okay, well, they just killed Logan, uh, and they probably just killed Wayne. That? So, <laughs> I I I don't think that them killing you know Audrey three episodes in a row, pretty much at this point, that it would have been as plausible. But uh, but it, them not revealing it right away, I think, is what actually builds the anticipation. But we'll we'll get there in a couple of weeks. Um, this episode uh, mostly uh, we could do this chronologically. Um, no, I don't give a shit. Get over and done with. <laughs> Gradenko and Fayed, they're bickering. And this I actually really like. Like the the, the little buddy duo here of Gradenko and Fayed who don't like each other, uh, who who are, are constantly just like, we're using you, you're using us, whatever. Let's just deal with it. Them having this conversation where it's like, oh, so Fayed's like, oh, you spent all this time condescending to us. Well, now it's your fault. <laughs> he literally says, now it's your fault. It just reminds me of that Simpsons episode with uh, they open the casino. Well, Homer's like, remember that time where I did this? Well, you have a gambling problem. <laughs> this is Fyatt <Fyden laughs> yeah. and Gradenko now. <laughs> um, they, they launched the drone in this episode, uh, which this is, I actually, I don't mind the flight simulator stuff at the end of this episode. Oh, come on. But uh, in fact, that might be the stuff that I enjoy the most in this episode. But effects wise, um, yes, this is what a drone would look like. But to an audience in 2007, they probably have heard the words drone. They don't know the actual size of them, what they look like. This looks like a model taking off of a model runway. <laughs> and everything you see in the drone in this episode, it's almost laughable. So I feel like maybe don't focus on the drone. Do the entire thing from the point of view of just the, the night vision camera from inside this drone and maybe just a crash in the distance. Because when you actually see it up close, yeah, this is pretty much what it would look like, but it kind of looks silly. That's what a drone is, right? Um the CGU stuff, we got Milo flirting with uh, Nadia here, uh, inappropriately touching her hand. Uh, and um, the- <laughs> I love this. Hold on, uh, inappropriate tough touching. Ah! No, Chloe coming in here. Uh, th- this is Mary Lynn's episode here. Uh, Chloe coming here. Is there a problem, Chloe? Yeah. Are you going to tell us what it is? <laughs> this long pause. This is some of that writing where I'm saying they're almost having fun with the fact where it's like, this is a bad episode. Let's have fun with it. Is there a problem? Yes. You want to tell us? Uh, and this is where she says she found out about uh, Nadia's been using Milo's stolen ID or whatever. Uh, and I do want to, like, Chloe, of all people, is not going to bring this up. Chloe has committed 10 times as worse offenses this season alone, uh, <laughs> not to mention her husband. And she's going to come to them and be like, oh, this is against rules. Because even when they explain it, they say, listen, she was racially profiled. But the way she, there's another one of these lines where I'm like, I think they kind of realize how bad it is because she she literally says, well, I think it's wrong to be racially profiling our own, but this still wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, so um, she says, I'm not going to say anything about it right now because I guess we still have a job to do. We have Bill and Nadia making a call to this general guy, General Walsh. Now, I, I don't even know who this actor is. I didn't look it's it up. Terrible. I think we see him a couple times this season. But to, to forget about his acting, but... Does this guy not look to you like he would be Peter Weller's dad? Eh. Like for a second, I'm like, 
did Peter Weller just age overnight? <laughs> this is like Peter Weller now, 2023, going back to 2024. Um, but uh, yeah, this is just saying, okay, well, we are going to be, you know, uh, following this drone or whatever. We got to have our, our strike teams in place to take this thing out. Uh, the drone disappears. Uh, Morris doesn't know how. Oh, it must be because he's drunk, uh, which nobody says this episode <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but uh, he just, eventually this comes down to, just to sum it up, there's like this weird thing where there's overlap and satellite coverage and they know where this overlap is. So uh, what's it going to be? Somebody in CTU is probably leaking the information. Uh, we have Daniels uh, talking about the, the assembling the Joint Chiefs and how they're going to launch a strike on the country of Yemen. And uh, everybody here is saying, well, we don't even know Yemen's involved. Uh, Karen comes back. Uh, I'm literally just glancing at my notes at this point. <laughs> Karen comes back. We have some great stuff between her and uh, Peter McNichol, though. Oh, uh, so good. What happened to you? Fell over st- your, fell down some stairs or something? No, just tripped yeah, over your ineptitude. Your ineptitude. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> but there's another part between them later in the episode, right after the uh, the conversation with uh, um, the, the president, where he's saying, uh, yes, we're going to go to war with it. We're going to bomb these countries. But again, we talked about last week. I mean, we don't know. I think we know enough about not knowing U.S. politics uh, that we can say a vice president for a president who is still in recovery is not going to be allowed to start a war. Yeah. I think there's a little bit more to it than that. But the Joint Chiefs are all on board with this. Uh, and and he, Powers Booth does have this great line here where he does seem ridiculous and over the top through most of this conversation. But then he delivers that one line where you're like, there is like a shred of logic to what he's saying, where he's like, we can't allow another terrorist oh, attack to go unanswered. so much logic to it. I mean, literally a yeah. nuclear bomb, like the second nuclear bomb was this close to going off. It has let off radiation, which will render that dock in San Francisco useless, which again, they discover in 30 seconds. So they're very smart people. So like <laughs> literally this is almost a second nuclear attack. So to me, they 100% have a, a, a directive to bomb another country. Yeah. And again, like what he's doing isn't the right course of action, but his reasoning for doing it does make sense. And yeah. and we got into this even with uh even with Wayne earlier in the season, where even Wayne was on board saying, Hey, we if we if another attack happens, that's it for us. Like we gotta figure this out before this happens again. Now you're about to have another attack. This is the end of America as we know it. You think anybody's gonna Wayne is never getting reelected. There's been nine weeks of this. At this point, I'm surprised Wayne's even still in office. Well, I mean, we, he, we uh, obviously understand of... why, but next season the Republicans are in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For the rest of the series. But uh yeah, I mean the uh, powers well, booth can really no, make a lot of nine. this. But the, the, this other line that we have with um uh Lennox and Karen, where Karen's coming out trying to plead with him, it's like, listen, talk to him. Like he's not making sense. Which is uh Thomas, Thomas, and he says, I can hear you, Karen. I love that because I say that almost every single day to one of my kids, usually Casper, because Casper's at that age now where everything he does has to be seen by the parents. Mommy, daddy, look at this. He's he's watching a video game being played on YouTube. He's not even playing it himself. Daddy, daddy, look, look, the, I'm beating the boss. And I'm like, yes. I don't know how many times I hear daddy, daddy. I'm just like, I hear you, Casper. I'm like, I've lost patience to even be like, yes, yes. What is it? Oh, that's fascinating. Like, yes, Casper, I hear you. That's very nice. That's Thomas Lennox to Karen here. Um, uh, Jack arrives back at CTU. Or first of all, we get Mike uh, talking to him right after the, the shootout of last week's episode. Are you Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. You don't look fine. You need medical. I said I'm fine. He goes back to CTU. Bill's there. Hey, Jack, um, I'll bring you up to speed on this, but first go to medical. I'm fine. No, I think you need to go to medical. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, goes, 
what is what happens? He runs into Marilyn on his way oh. there. And wow, this is Ooh. where even even the writers trying to have fun isn't actually conveyed very well here. Oh, it's so uh, fun. Marilyn, guess what Audrey said? Ah! Oh, like, I, if you had just, maybe just cut the opening part of this, like, Jack, even though my husband just died and all this stuff has happened, I like to think that things could have worked out between us and that I regret that they didn't. You regret having your son? Like, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> well, yes, maybe, I guess. I mean, sorry. Come on. Have sorry, you seen him? <laughs> I misspoke. You got me there. But um, the, 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 her just having this conversation with him now, where she's even touched in the face, tries to kiss him, and he pulls away. This is like not even good soap opera. This isn't this isn't even bad soap opera. This is like terrible. So this is soap opera that you mock. This soap wouldn't even make for. passions. I don't know. I think that's the, the bad one you've talked about before, right? It's the one where uh, there's the, the a little the boy who's a doll who decides to come oh, to life whenever a girl walks the into The Grinch kid, room. right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Grinch yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah like th this is like worse of the worst soap operas. Uh, but then it gets even worse because uh, he's saying, listen, Marilyn, I'm not saying that I wouldn't have gone there, uh, but <laughs> uh, there was somebody that I was seeing before and I need to talk first. Oh, do you mean Audrey Reigns? <laughs> it's just the, the way that she just comes to that name out of nowhere. I'm sorry to tell you this, Jack, but I watch the news quite frequently and she died in China in a terrible car accident. Uh, Kiefer's reaction here almost helps this. Uh, I know you, you got this thing with him and Renee where the, the compares the two, but still, I think it's just a different way of playing it. Him here, he's already, I'm seeing he's already given up Audrey. This is just sort of like, what have I missed? And and when we get the conversation with Bill, that's going to be even better because he goes back to medical for about half the episode, shirtless, by the way. I'm sure you appreciate that, Ben. It's my, screen, uh, it's my screensaver. <laughs> and then he's got the file because Chloe, who's just been reprimanding other people for giving their logins away, when she's being told, we need you to find this drone that is about to drop another nuke somewhere, which I, uh, uh, how great is it that we actually have a scene in this episode where Chloe is like, uh, so I'm checking the cities off the list as the, the nuke passes them by. So that's a no on San Diego and Santa Barbara is safe. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Who had that? I had it. I had $5 on that. Yay. <laughs> San Francisco's still up in the air. Damn it, that's where my uh, cousin lives. <laughs> but like, as she's been tasked to doing this very important job, Jack's like, I need you to get me the file on Audrey. <sighs> okay, okay. <laughs> now, Chloe, you're going to jail again. Let's just keep a list of all the things Chloe's going to prison for after this. Uh, so Jack's reading the file. I think we see like uh, small pictures here of the car accident as we find out. Uh, supper time. I, I always love it when Colin's looking over his shoulder. Something's going on. Uh... You're eating salad and pizza. I'm glad. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that two weeks in a row our kids have had pizza for supper at the exact same time we're recording? It How is. does this happen? What are the odds? Uh, are you anyway, my kids? Or well, the door's locked back there. I can't see what they're eating. It's always locked. Says the do not lock. disturb. <laughs> it even says do not disturb. Recordings in progress. As <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I kill Colin Cody. <laughs> Oh, oh, um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, Jack's reading this file. Uh, we get this scene with uh, Bill, which um, I actually do kind of like this scene where um, <laughs> he's saying to I'm laughing about this. Ah, your girlfriend died. Uh, no, but he's saying, <laughs> not funny. Colin's lost it. Wow. I don't even know why I'm laughing. But uh, your friend's dead. Sorry, Jack. Uh, no, but Bill actually makes sense here. 
<laughs> I can't even get to it and it's not funny. <laughs> wow. His logic, I'm going to get it out now. I really His hope Kim Raven doesn't Jack. die anytime soon. <laughs> ah, Kim Raven's dead. <laughs> but Bill's logic when he's, uh, Jack's saying, why did you tell me this, Bill? He's like, Jack, we were asking you to die for your country. It hardly seemed appropriate to say your girlfriend's dead, um, which makes a lot of sense. I don't know why it's funny, but the logic makes sense to me. Uh, Jack basically says, uh, oh, I'm going to be uh, finishing this mission, and then I'm going to track people down who did this, and uh, I'm going to kill every single one. I'm going to pull a bullet in all of them. That's a really good Jack moment there. And again, if you remove, uh, try to remove your feelings on how they handle Renee later on versus this, and just look at this on its own. I think this is a, a very unexpected way for Jack to respond. Uh, it's great to see him grieving without grieving, but saying, I have to stay on assignment. And then also having to deal with, none of you guys told me this, but actually have it make sense because he was about to die, which makes it's not funny. I don't like laughing at this. Jack, we were about to kill you. So we felt like we shouldn't tell you that we killed your girlfriend. Are you, are you okay? Um, uh, I don't know why. Do you I need some you. food? I'm sorry. <laughs> I do. It's right here. <laughs> We've been sitting here for a week waiting to be eaten. But um, the, uh, the, 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 the point of this is that she was going to China to try to find Jack, and that's where she was killed. Jack says, no, she was definitely... Now, this this actually is a bad line. No, I know, Bill, she was definitely murdered. Let's remember that in a couple weeks when she definitely was not murdered, that Jack said she was definitely murdered, so trusted judgment. Uh, but yeah, that, that scene plays I, a lot differently if, when he answers the phone. Oh, shit, I was wrong. Oh, hi, Audrey, how you doing? <laughs> what else was I wrong about this season? <laughs> Dad's good? <laughs> Graham didn't deserve to die? <laughs> um... Yeah, I, 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 well, I'll, I'll break. Well, I'll, I'll include here the Chloe stuff because that's the highlight of the episode. So Milo worried that uh, Chloe is, um, uh, st with Morris and everything. The judge, okay, is Morris okay to work? I think he's still drinking. Well, what do you want me to do about it? I don't know. Smell his breath. <laughs> is that a common thing. <laughs> but the way this plays out, though. Where she goes up and she just kisses Morris out of nowhere. And he's like, what was that for? So I was smelling your breath. <laughs> walks away. And then goes up to Morris and says, he's good. I love Marlo's facial expression when he watches him kiss. He's, like, he's just kind of like, ooh, okay. Yeah, he's like, okay. <laughs> but but even the way that he proposes is up to Chloe. He's like, Chloe, I need you to do me a favor. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's at that. Um, I'll, I'll, before we get into the whole mole thing and everything else, uh, this stuff, I, I don't know why, but some of this stuff makes me laugh and I don't even think it's intentional. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I, I kind of enjoy it in like a bad, it's so bad it's good way. It is like, it is funny. It just doesn't fit this episode. Um, like it is funny. I'll correct myself, by the way. Uh, yeah, you're right. After this, Republicans are all in control for the rest of this show because I will correct myself. Heller is Republican. So um, I was thinking that Heller was a Democrat because... Uh, why wouldn't Audrey be a Democrat? But um, anyway, small little anal bit there. Um, I don't even know where I'm going with any of that. Um, what have we talked about this episode? <laughs> the whole thing. Um, yeah, the Gredenko, whatever, the, the evil people back off each other is great. The drone stuff is just like, uh, I just, again, it, I don't think it holds up well after all these years. And again, 2007, I get it like it was ahead of its time because I remember watching this and, I, again, we've talked about it before. I always think that season nine, the John Boyega stuff is the first time we get drones. Like I always like remember John Boyega being like the pilot who sort of gets, you know, blamed for being evil when he's not. Um, so yeah, I always thought, cause you know, season nine's the drone season, but like this has got drones in it. Um, 
the the Daniel stuff and and like Karen and and Peter McNichol was just it's so good. Like I just love their back and forth. Although I've got I do have to question though, wouldn't he be like, um, why are you back? Like I know that things have changed, but I've still got evidence on you on your husband, and I still don't want you working here. Like, why would he all of a sudden like, oh, I've been kidnapped and tortured and whatever? Like, do 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 do. I'm and- yeah. Wayne was her supporter, who's gone. Yeah, exactly. So I don't understand why they're just, you know, bygones be bygones. But Noah Daniels is completely correct with everything he's saying. Again, I don't agree that as a vice president, acting president, that he's able to probably enact this. But I guess we're going to get this big, like, plot reveal, which I think is next week when Wayne sort of steps in to stop the nuclear attack. Spoiler alert. Um, but, like, I get that's what they're aiming for. But still... Um, I love the fact that with this whole flight simulator stuff, you've got this baldy McBald face with a weird little like limp biscuit beard, like sitting there and <laughs> <Red you're>, <laughs> like, you know, with his like control. This is just what makes it so cheesy and bad. Um, yeah. Jack and Marilyn, fuck off. <laughs> just these orders. Like, I just, I can't like, I'm sorry. Like I just, I'm going to keep ramping on about this until we get to this in season eight, because like, it's just, I just don't, I don't, I, I've always wanted Jack to quote, turn evil and go off the rails. That was always my big hope that they were going to do when they ended this show and they kind of achieve it. They kind of do it. So like, that's why I love the ending of season eight because we sort of get as close to an evil Jack Bauer who finally cracks as we ever get. I just hate the fact that he does it, that a woman who he literally just boned like an hour before she dies and had slight sexual chemistry with for a couple of episodes is what sends him off the edge. Now to me here, he has found out that a woman that outside of, Terry is probably the biggest love in his life, has just died. People have hid that from him. He's already today come back from being tortured for 18 months. The only person that was going to find him died in doing so, which shows how much that woman loves him, by the way. And therefore, he was meant going to be needlessly sacrificed for the country. And they've basically gone, oh, fuck you. And then they've gone to a point where it's like, oh, actually, you're our only hope. And then he's been tortured. He's fallen down some stairs. He's hung out with Russian sex couple. Like, and then all of a sudden he's just going to look at a file and go, grr, I am now going to go and get some revenge. Once we go and fly a flight simulator. Like, like he gets a bit of a better reaction to her actually dying in season nine. Still not to the level of Renee. I may point that out, but still it's just something about it just rubs me the wrong way. And there's also this level of, when he's looking at the files and we see like Collins, I know why you're laughing. You got a burnt corpse there. <laughs> like the, the biggest thing about this, which why does anybody talk about her passport is a production still from season four or five, when she's like looking <laughs> off into the distance of Kim Raver. Now we've all got passports. Are we allowed to have a picture of us at a desk with a file on our hand going, what's over there? No. You got Hand under the chin. <laughs> That's the part where Jack should be going, wait, this is a fake passport. They wouldn't allow that. She's, she's yeah. still alive. Um, uh, just It rubs me the wrong way. But anyway, like I know you're going to have like, a, that's just a Ben thing, but it just there's just something about it that makes me want to lash out a wrestling. <laughs> where did you yeah, do that? Separating your anger in 2007 for not realizing, yeah, she's probably going to come back. Separating how they handle her or Renee differently in the future. Just viewing this season six, uh, you you don't appreciate the fact that as this happens, Jack gets angry and then he gets sad and then he comes out, which I I forgot to mention, we literally see him in the room shirtless 
And then they oh, cut to a shot that. of Bill. And 10 seconds later, Jack's walking in fully clothed. Like 10 seconds later, he got across the building dressed. But but the way that this is handled and him just saying is like, when this is over, this is like very Liam Neeson. I will find you and I will kill you. But first, you know, it, I, I love that. You're not, you're not wrong, but I just think it's it's delivered poorly. It's 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 a level where it's almost a throwaway line because he's literally like, she was murdered and I'm going to find her. Oh, what? You need me to go help save San Francisco? Okay. Like that should be a cliffhanger or that should be a a bad break with a dit, 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 dit. That needs a moment to sit. That needs some tension. That needs a, girl, I'm going to go find Audrey. What we will get at the end of the season, which is one of the few things I will praise this for and how it ends about how basically once Jackie's done, he goes to find Audrey. Like, I like that because I think that works. But this is one of those moments where you need that because, again, it's so throwaway. Kiva does some great stuff here with this. I'm not saying he doesn't. And maybe, you know, we've never met Renee at this moment. So, like, you know, but, like, to me, what we've always said about Terry's death is that when she dies, we never get any sense of, like, revenge or anything because that's the cliffhanger. That's where it ends. We as an audience are digesting what we've seen. We've got the emotion of Jack and then the next time we see him, there's a, how do I live? He's a broken man. Whereas, like, we never get a moment with Terry of revenge. You know, with Nina coming back and, like, again, I know you weren't as big on it and I keep harping on about it. The, that's what you took speech to me is as close as we ever get. And that's more of a an emotional connection with Terry because that's he's been married to her forever. He's got a daughter with her. Like, that's his wife. That's always going to be the love of his life. Audrey, to me in this show is the only other person besides Terry who comes close to being Jack's true love. That to me is what I get from it. And that's why it annoys me a bit. Anyway, I get, but I'm with you. It just, it needs to sit more. This needs to be more of a prominent, I will find you and hunt you down. Not a, I will hide you and I will find you and hunt you down. I really want to play flight simulator. I really want to watch taken. Um, Tooken. But I, I actually do agree with you that because, this is again it's good for season six at this point yeah but you you got my mind racing so can, can you imagine not the cliffhanger an episode but the way you proposed saying the way you proposed <laughs> call in don't bring that up <laughs> the love of my life. Signs worked out well you are the audrey to my jack uh but uh the, the way that you kind of suggested that you can have that cliffhanger of you know she's dead and what's jack gonna do and he's looking at this file and he says i'm gonna find somebody i'm gonna kill them Imagine that being the end of the season. Imagine in, yeah. in episode 24 of this season, he finds about a, don't worry about bringing back Kim Raver. The end of this season, he finds out she's dead. Th that does give a little bit more of a question for the audience. You're like, oh, they're going to follow up on this. So it's not just for, for Ben in 2007, it's not just brushing another rug. Oh, she's dead. Oh, well. For me in 2007, it's not, well, they wouldn't mention this two episodes after somebody else prominent died. This is, we're ending our season and we're going to go somewhere. And then you let the audience spend the next eight months waiting what is going to become of this start the next scene however you want but yeah that would have been amazing i i completely agree but i will say again a slight rare praise for this season i i fucking love the ending of this season i love the emotional core it ends and because again like it this is that middle period of 24 that we've constantly said you've got the first three seasons four to six and then seven and eight and nine are kind of their own beasts even though seven technically follows on from season six but like this is kind of like the end of season three in that it's, it's the like almost like an ending of 24 before we move into the new part of it. And I think season three and season six are very similar because both of their endings are broken Jack. 
like season three is him breaking down in the car and then basically pick up my phone, Jack, and then he just got to move on with life. The end of this season, it's even more broken, Jack. Literally, you think he's about to kill himself. Like literally, that is yeah. a scene we get at the end of this season. You think he is about to kill himself and it strikes a chord very differently. So while I like that idea, I still would prefer the ending of this season, the way they actually did it. Uh, so the rest of it, as they're trying to find out how this drone keeps slipping through the cracks, uh, they figure out, oh, it has to be somebody inside of here. Which actually, who, sorry, because the one thing I want to add on that, when they're going <laughs> through, like again, 24 has got a 24, about how they manage getting, like they literally find out it's a drone and within three seconds, they know everything about it. Oh, it's got a range of this, yeah. you can do this. And my favorite part of the oh. whole episode is Eric Balfour. At one point they go like, oh, gee, like we, golly gee. Uh, if we could land it, he literally like you can't. Nobody can see. It. He's got a book. He's like got the this. notebook manual. He literally he got a <laughs> he's got a manual for it. It's just been sitting on. Oh fuck! Was lucky. This has been sitting here for the last six weeks. He literally does this with the page. It has a landing range of five hundred meters. Like yeah. he literally <laughs> looks at two seconds, five hundred meters according to the manual. And let's remember that they have spent who knows how many months building up to this. And the entire portion of this day modifying both the nukes and the drones so that nothing will match a manual. Yep. But don't worry, the manual will still check out. All oh, those Americans um, are always on top of their manuals. <laughs> yeah, I love that. He's got that manual. Uh, but uh, uh, so they're trying to find out. Now, this is a scene where, again, it's it's almost the fact that it all takes place in one scene that makes this funny to me. Because this, on, and, and I'm not praising this, this should have been drawn out throughout the entire episode of, you start the episode with, oh, how did we lose the drone? Well, and then you come back a couple minutes later. It's like, the only way we could lose this is if somebody knows when that satellite uh, is going to overlap so that we don't have that one split second we don't see it. And it's like, oh, well, where could that come from? Oh, and then you have another scene. Oh, it had to have come from one of our workstations. Okay, you get close to the end of the episode. Everybody finds out, well, whose workstation? Nadia! The non-white one, please. That's basically, but this is all condensed to one scene that is probably less than two minutes of them saying, oh, it was some, it, it, how is it slipping through cracks? Oh, it must've come from one of workstations. Oh, we better search all workstations. Mike, start with Nadia. No, that's not right. You're a racist, Mike. I'm not a racist, Bill. Well, you know what? I kind of agree with him because <laughs> she's at least already on limited access. And it's like, oh, by the way, it actually is coming from Nadia. It is literally that quick. Yeah. It is like the exchange of six or seven lines. They go from, how is this happening? This is how it's happening. It must be coming from here. It must be Nadia because she's not white. You can't say that. You're a racist. Wait a second. I agree with him. Hey, it was Nadia all along. Take her away. That's eight lines of dialogue. And that's how quickly this happens. So bad. Uh, It's absurd, but it's funny because I think that they just realize, whatever, info dump, just get it over with. Um, Mike is so over the top. This is another one of his like, very, very over-the-top moments, even just as I'm not a racist and all that. Uh, he's going to interrogate her later on oh. where he's just going to randomly choke her because that's what Mike Doyle does. It's, 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 the Wayne, it's, it's the Wayne Brady Chappelle show. Is Wayne Brady going to have to choke a bitch? <laughs> like, literally every five seconds, he's choking someone. Oh, Colin's but, dying, of course, Milo comes to the rescue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Mike just backs down for what reason? It is his job to get the information. And I'm sorry, th th what they're doing to Nadia is not right, but they did much worse to Sarah and even to Aisha Tyler, who was guilty. Um, they're doing nothing here but questioning her, and then he puts his hand around her neck. There's much worse things they could be doing to you right now, Nadia. And Milo comes and says, you can't do that. You're still that jerk from Denver. And they have one of their little bickering sessions back and forth. And then, Mi uh, not Milo, Mike just says, all right, you win this round, Milo. And then just walks out. 
Like, excuse me? They they also know at this point, they have to know that it was Milo's login because they say it was Nadia's station. That means you've at least yeah, gone far enough to be like, it's Milo's login. This was the entire point of the beginning of the episode. You've got this evidence now and you're just interrogating. It doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, so, uh, uh, oh yeah. And then of course it, we have him saying uh, about, the or it's, it's Nadia who says, uh, oh, oh, I know your reputation. You like hurting people. You get off on it. <laughs> You can't tell me that somebody in those huge circle of writers in this one episode is not having a little bit of fun with some of this dialogue. Um, so uh, the, the, the rest of this is just going to be tracking down the drone. Uh, they get the location of who's piloting this because it's just far too easy. Uh, we've covered our tracks that we're literally going to know when to slip through satellites. But <laughs> we also are going to be foolish enough to let our location of where the pilot is be known uh, they're gonna now even on a rewatch. I am assuming this can't be though. That's way too easy. <laughs> they just oh, it's gonna be here at one twenty four. Uh, Jenkins Boulevard. It's all Jenkins. Russian sex uh, and Boulevard. Then they go, Russian sex Boulevard. <laughs> they go to one twenty four Russian sex Boulevard, and I'm thinking no, though this is gonna be one of these things like the many times they tried to get Fayed. Oh gee, it was the wrong house again, and another one blew up. Uh, no, they go in there. There's the guy. Couple of gunshots. He's down. <laughs> uh, now he's not dead yet because they're going to try to interrogate him. And this is where Jack plays flight simulator, as you were joking. God. Um, they've narrowed it down. Oh, look, it's San Francisco. That's definitely the target. Uh, we also see a grenade drop on the floor here. And like John Cassar zooms in on this grenade. Yeah. Nothing becomes of that. Why? Why is that shot in there? Is it to make the audience think, oh, no, it's going to blow up any second? Okay, but then let something blow up. Or let it be, oh, I've almost got it. And then all of a sudden, you, 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 you somebody else is on laptop there. I can trace the location back to where Fayette is. By the way, Gridenko and Fayette in the middle of the desert, and they're worried that somebody's going to be uh, finding them there. And now they're arguing about that. Um, Jack pilots a plane. I actually do like this. And I think I like it because the shots of the drone do look really bad. Uh, and and, and I, I like that you mentioned, like, 2007. This is some of this new and fresh because... C, uh, CTU, the 24 is the name of the show. 24 around this time, they were really doing topical stuff. I mean, we're, we're one season away from the, the season of privatized military, which was a big, you know, a uh, hot topic item that nobody had really covered in TV or movies before. Mm. And drones is something at this point that nobody covered. There was a movie that came out a couple of years after this with Ethan Hawke called Good Kill that was really the first movie about drone pilots. And in that movie, they actually play it for being as mundane as it is, as people going into the middle of, a storage container in the desert and sitting there for eight hours, you know, rubbing their eyes. Oh, this is so boring, you know? Uh, but at this point, this is new. Nobody really covered this before, but they're sensationalizing something that really doesn't look good on screen. So seeing the, the aerial view of this and Jack trying to pilot it, I kind of like as silly as it is the you got Milo saying, Oh, don't cross this. But it's when they say that don't cross this border and then it arms or whatever. This is basically like the, when the bus goes over 50 moment here. That mm. got me kind of tense for a second. I mean, this is what's called now. It's literally on everybody's cell phone. It's called geofencing. This is nothing new. But in 2007, geofencing, nobody understood what it was. But here it's pretty tense where you, you see him turning just before they hit that border where it's going to arm and detonate. And then you also have Chloe at the same time saying, if you turn too quickly, you'll put it into a stall. I like all this. It crashes down. The crash looks ridiculous because why wouldn't it? It's basically a model airplane. I know that's what it is in real life, but it looks silly. Uh, and then there's a little bit of fire. I love the first responders crew were there, even though they had no idea they were going to find this thing until two minutes ago. And then when they did find it, they had no idea where they were going to land until two seconds ago. As all of our first responders on the line report seeing no explosion. Where did you have these people stationed where you, you literally got 
uh, Morris on the line. All right, I need to be connected to every first responder in San Francisco. Did anybody see an explosion? No? Okay. Uh, they go in there. They uh, say they quickly came the fire, but you got this guy who just comes equipped with the Geiger counter on his chest. Why Star Trek style. One? <laughs> like, okay, you're going to be told, yes, send in your crews. There may be radiation or something like that. But they've got it armed on their chest, like they walk around every day with this firefighter. <laughs> and then they're firefighters again. This he says, "We got radiation. Call hazmat." Now, if the hazmat crews had this on them all the time, I buy it. But no, not these uh, first responders or whatever. And I guess like uh, this maybe is basically... because there's a nuclear bomb in, in America that day, maybe they're being prepared. But then, literally oh, within possibly, yeah. five minutes of this, the president's going to be told that oh, they've been exposed to fatal doses of radiation, but the area may be red. You just found this out five seconds ago. <laughs> I mean, why doesn't the, 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 the clerk at Morris's liquor market have this? Why doesn't the, the magazine guy, the, the, the Aaron's buying, uh, the, the, the fruit stand guy, the magazine guy, the Aaron's buying stuff, and they don't have these guy guns. Apparently, everybody in Los Angeles should have this. Yeah. Because radiation, but this is a big deal. It's the first time this entire season since we talked about where the winds were blowing, where they say, hey, we've got radiation leak, and this is what Daniels is going to use to launch his strike. Um, again, you start watching these scenes with Powers Booth, and you're like, this is ridiculous. Like you literally stop the attack and Karen's even saying we should consider ourselves lucky. And then he says, but their intention was still to blow this up and there still will be damages. Now you, you could sell this as powers booth is the evil maniacal vice president trying to start a war for oil. If you didn't have a character literally saying casualties should be minimal. I think it's Karen or Lennox who actually says here, it's not a big deal. Casualties will be minimal from the radiation leak to this. Okay, flashback, two scenes earlier, Powers Booth is saying, put together a strike plan for Yemen or whatever this country is. We've identified targets that are not populated area. Casualties would be minimal. This is an eye for an eye at this point. You're saying, oh, we we got lucky here. Casualties would be minimal. All right, so casualties would be minimal on their side. You've just made his argument for him. So as much as they're trying to paint this as evil Powers Booth, they've actually written lines in here that make you question whether he's the right one and i doubt that was intentional but i mean it still kind of made me laugh like a lot in this episode but that's it i i kind of like the the uh flight simulator and i i i like the twist on the end here of no we're still going to use this as a chance to strike you at least know we've got a couple more episodes out of this i i really want to know the writer's idea behind this whole mike doyle racist within three seconds like we're meant to like this guy right like it's just You've made him, like, choke everybody in CTU, barely say a line of, injured in the basement, I'm Mike Doyle, uh, and then now within, like, five seconds of this, basically, oh, by the way, he's a racist. Like, and, and this never, it's not like, maybe there is a line in a week or two where he, like, apologizes being a racist, but, I mean, was this just what we did in 2007? Get her, she's Muslim, she must be terrorist. I'm sorry for being racist. Oh, you're forgiven. Well, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like this gets played out for a while and it basically results in like the same thing with Sarah, right? Where it's like, uh, she didn't really do anything wrong. And Mike's like, ah, oh, my mistake is that that's pretty much the way it plays out, doesn't it? I think I'm pretty sure from memory, this kind of, she just gets like let back into things and barely gets mentioned again from memory. Like that's one of the things yeah. I black out of this season because I'm just like, it's just so dumb. And it's just, I don't know, like, uh, just, you're just making this guy so unlikable and like, I just hate his face and I hate his haircut. Like he's got like this bowl cut that belongs on a, like an eight year old boy from the sixties. Like there's just, 
something about him that makes me want to lash out irrationally. Um, I just don't, I just don't get it. And it's just, it's just annoying and just, oh, just go away. Get off my screen. I'd say I almost bring back Josh at this point, but they're going to be together soon. It's just not good. Um, and it's just, I mean, we'll get into next week very shortly because next week, as I've just read through my synopsis of next week, which I'll read out because it's hilarious. Ben Mortimer is comedic genius. It's basically next week is just like the episode where let's do everything we've literally done in every episode ever in 24 in one episode. I've called it the 24 reunion episode. Um, and this is kind of just like, oh no, there's a mole. Like, I mean, it gets to a point in CTU where you just, you're literally like, come on. Like, I mean, again, spoiler alert this season, CTU is going to get invaded. So why not? Um, they, is, is there a mole this season? Like, nah. cause that's the plot they're going, but I don't remember nah, a mole. It gets invaded. It's either every season they're either getting invaded and attacked or a mole or both. <laughs> um, so no, they get invaded this season. Don't worry. Um, but it's just, it's just laughable. Like it gets to a point now where you're seriously like, oh, come on. Like it's a government agency. No wonder this country gets nuclear bombed every three seasons, four seasons. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and the powers boost, like again, he's so good as a president and I'm just, I'm just kind of on board with him. Like, I mean, he, like again, this bomb nearly went off. It really nearly went off. Yeah. That's two nukes in a day. Like blow them up. Nuke them to shit. Nuke the crap out of Yemen. Um, you forgot to mention uh, Regina. Uh, what's her face? Looking she looks a, through a window. She looks through a window. <laughs> Very important. She's probably got a nice paycheck. For, probably got paid more for that looking through a window than I ever have in my entire life. Um, just Jack and the flight. Like, again, I don't, I'm with you. The, the grenade, the zoom in on the grenade. Like, what? what is the deal with that grenade? And, like, again, this is just one of these things where I guess... 24's got a 24, plot's got a plot. We can't have five hours of them looking through a manual trying to work it out while a bomb's going to... Jack literally sits down and says, it's a 777 substation if I control this and do this. Like, fucking hell, they're trained so well, these people in the government. Why can't they stop people attacking their buildings if all of a sudden they know everything about drones and flights and everything? And like, again, I want to be on set when John Kazar's going, all right, Kiefer, look at the screen. You're tense. There's a bomb. (laughs) Grimace your face a little bit. Bite your lip. That's it. It's nerve-wracking. Keeper's never played Flight Simulator. He doesn't understand those video games. I don't get video games. I'm selling my Canadian malt whiskey. Now available. But, like, I want to be with you when you say it's tense with this whole bomb crossing the thing, but it's season six. It's rushed. They're literally like, okay, we've got 30 seconds. It crosses 15 seconds, 10 seconds, and it's out of the thing. Find a place to land, Jack. Like, this is a nuclear bomb about to destroy yeah. San Francisco. And they're just like, eh, 20 seconds and eh, 30 seconds. Okay. Oh, you saved it. And like drones, it's probably similar skills to piloting. Okay. So Jack's just being able to assume these controls when he's maybe flown a plane once or twice. If you had Milo on the line or Chloe on the line saying anything more than don't turn too quickly then maybe this scene makes a bit more sense. But th- there's not even anybody coaching Jack as to how to land this. Why isn't Jack... Can somebody tell me how to land this thing? What does the X do button I hit- do? Um, Control-Alt-Delete. You talked last week about innocent Russians getting killed in the compound. Can we talk about these other people in this building? So they've literally... Okay, let's, let's just see to you here. It's taking them f- five seconds to work out. We've got a mole. It's Nadia, the Muslim. Okay. And then they've put her in a room. Five seconds later... Oh, actually, it's been directed from the substation around here. So they're obviously already wrong on Nadia. What if they're wrong about this building around the corner? 
So Jack and Ricky old derp face rock up. <laughs> a guy walks outside having a smoke. They just shoot him dead. Then they yeah, go into a I building. I the same thing. Shoot him dead. What if this is just like pack and save and they've accidentally this, got the wrong This building? is the janitor. Yeah, and they've like, they, these terrorists are smart enough that they're like, what if this is Saunders? Remember in season three when they get to his complex and they think he's there, but they've actually not there and he's escaped? Like, what if this is just you going out to take the garbage out or something like that? It's seven yeah. o'clock, you know? But even then, even if, okay, the argument is, well, they know this is a terrorist compound and it obviously is. You still need information. You literally mm-hmm. are complaining about Fred Durst at the end going, we need to keep him alive, we need information. You've killed three of his henchmen. They could know everything. Like, that could be Fred Durst getting a smoke. Like, I'm sure Fred Durst still smokes. Apparently Limp Bizkit were in Sydney the other week. I saw no publicity about that. Um, I don't think Limp Bizkit's had publicity for anything in 15 years. Remember when Fred Durst was a thing? And yeah, when when did Fred Durst become a filmmaker? Did you know about this? No, I didn't. He's directed several movies and like movies that got some critical acclaim too. I still, and so we've talked about this so many times in this show, but that cycle of like 20 years when like certain periods of time become in again, the early 2000s yeah. still has not become a thing yet. And we're 20 <laughs> years removed. Where's the Limp Bizkit, um, y- y- you know, nostalgia? Where's the, C- Papa Roach. Where's the CGI from Die Another Day and Scorpion King nostalgia? <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. I wonder why. It's going to be the one era in history where we forget about, oh, well, early 2000s culture. We don't need We to don't do talk that. about that. <laughs> um, it's going to happen soon. We know it will. But uh, just all of this is just blare. And oh, this- this cl- Sorry, I've, I got to interrupt you here. Limp Bizkit released their most recent album. Their, it was their first album in a decade. Their most recent album came out in 2021. The title of the album was Still Sucks. <laughs> now that's pretty good. <laughs> it's kind of like, was it um was it Bloodhound? Who was that band that used to always release albums and it was like, still this album and like just a really clever album. Oh, I, um, I mean, Blink-182 are like doing a big world tour and they've sold out like five shows at a big arena in Sydney. So, I mean, that's kind of yeah. late 90s, early 2000s, I guess. Um, and I'm seeing the Chemical Brothers in like turn there, not exactly new. So, there you go. Um, this cliffhanger like just like, uh, oh, yes, and we're going to nuke them. Nuke them still. Um, and it's like, nuke him in the face. Um, <laughs> there's nostalgia on the Oz Network. Um, and they're just like, but, but sir, we've already stopped them. And they're just like, just do it anyway. Like, that's not a cliffhanger. It's a dumb cliffhanger. And also just like these first responders. So again, why the hell do they have Geiger counters on them? And I love it within five minutes. They have definitely been exposed to near lethal doses of nuclear reaction, like whatever. Five minimal casualties. Minimal casualties. Like, again, these are freaking first responders. Your nation's heroes. Like, no, 9-11, here we go. Like, no disrespect to the 2,500 other people that died, but all the people that are generally celebrated, and they should be. I'm not saying they shouldn't be. Don't celebrate the FDNY, NYPD, the people in Washington, all those sort of people that sadly died. It's tragic. But, like, tell me right now what stories outside of United 93 do we hear about the other people who died in 9-11 outside of the first responders? They're the ones who get the, the heroic because they literally sacrifice their lives for other people. So these people are doing the same. And you know, ah, they're just first, uh, San Francisco first responders. You know how they are. Uh, Consider all. ourselves lucky, says Karen. <laughs> San Francisco is now safe now that those well, layabouts are dead. On, on that topic, it just made me think. Um, the logic here from Karen's side and even Lennox's side is, well, it didn't actually work, so should we really be striking in this country? Now, again, find some evidence that ties Yemen or whatever to this, but uh, if 9-11 went down 
where Indeed, Colin. the planes, well, the, well, the <laughs> way it went down, <laughs> United 93, right? Uh, if the other planes, the ones that hit the World Trade Center, the ones that hit the Pentagon, if they all had a United 93 outcome, do you think there would still be no retaliation? Would, there still be, would they just say, well, consider ourselves lucky? Yeah. Like Daniels is kind of right to at least be saying, let's come up with something here. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, it's not like America hasn't invaded countries for less. Weapons of mass destruction, <laughs> excuse me. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, at least here they've got a reason. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, do we really think we're going to have people picketing the streets with no war, save Iraq, with this? No, fuck them. Nuclear bomb went off in, in Valencia and nearly killed San, San Francisco. That's the home of the 49ers. The third least hated NFL team. Blow them up. What about the Golden Gate Bridge? You going to take that from us next? It was a blimp. I want retaliation, Daniels. <laughs> you nearly blew up the blimp. <laughs> the blimp, yeah. Um. All right, so trivia for this episode. Now, I actually didn't have time, to, although I would have liked to listen to the commentary for this because I, I noticed they are not putting as many writers on commentaries in season six. Why? Uh, this is the second one. This one actually has um, uh, Milo and Nadia, the actors, uh, uh, Eric Belfour and... Um, What's her name? Um, the, the Nadia girl. Uh, so the, they're doing the commentary. So I, I maybe they would have actually commented on a Ricky Schroeder if we actually, uh, you know, had <laughs> He's listened shit. to it. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> what a racist. Uh, and an anti-vaxxer. Marissa Nichols. <laughs> Marissa, Marissa Nichols, yeah. Uh, Nichols McNichols, that's right. But um, yeah, are there, are there other trivia? Is there anything in your book? My, 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 the book, I read that one from last week already. But uh, the, oh, the, yeah. the funny one here is serious regular Regina King returns to Sandra Palmer after six episodes <laughs> by looking in a window. <laughs> uh, this episode, I'm, I'm going to end the suspense here. I know I've talked up quite a bit enjoying this episode. Don't. It's still a bin. Yeah, It's still a bin. Because the things I enjoy about this, they are bad, but they're just, they're enjoyable bad. This is like, this isn't the enjoyment you got out of Showgirls, where you're like, it's enjoyably mm -hmm. bad. That's what I get out of this. This is enjoyably bad, uh, 24. Um, it, it's going to be higher, though, on my rankings here, as far as bins go. It is my third highest bin. Uh, so 113 out of 134. Uh, I mean, it's been for me. No, no spoiler there. I will say, I think what we're we're getting close to Ben buys a couple of us. So yeah, we've only got two more episodes until Ben gets out of binning them. I will buy. So how many in a row have you had? Because I had a couple uh, of rents in there. I one, think I'm on like two, four three, bins. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This is my tenth in a row. Uh, okay. So two more. Then there will be two buys. Then there'll be five bins, and then we'll end on a buy. So there's some positives to look forward to. So I'm just looking at. Just look at mine here. Um, I've now been seven of the 14 episodes. So I'm at 50% bin ratio here, although my longest stretch was four episodes. Uh, so next week will bring me back up to a four episode bin. Um, if we bin it, I don't know. We'll see. I'm not well, going to spoil anything. Good news. This isn't the worst episode of all time. It's the second worst episode of all time. I've got this at 133 out of 134. So this only just pips last week, only ever so slightly. But uh, I, I, I'm not questioning your rankings. Your rankings for, for your reasons. But we have had really boring episodes of season six that are ranked higher than episodes where something at least a, a memorable or of interest happens that just anger you for some reason. Colin, um, we have Academy Award winner Regina King staring through a window. Like, <laughs> like, like imagine if they saw like, like, oh, we got Meryl Streep and here she is reading a newspaper. Like, it's just it's disrespectful to Regina King. Um, this 
201st overall this will come out at. But uh, I will say the good news next week is a bin, but it's nowhere near the bottom in terms of the bin. Well, when I say nowhere near the bottom, it's still Ooh. in the bin category, but it gets a few spots higher. Can, can I read my synopsis for next week or are you You, you go to... for it, yeah. Okay, so I uh, this is this will contain spoilers. So uh, please, if you don't, it's a season, who gives a shit? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> presenting the 24 reunion episode featuring all your favorite classics, including nuclear bombs, attacking a nuclear power plant, Finding out the supposed CTU mole isn't really a mole, but they'll gladly get back to work. Two random CTU workers making out in the dark while terror falls around them. <laughs> and of course, the invoking of the 25th Amendment. This episode really just goes over literally everything we've seen before, delivering us almost laughable ending with President Wayne Palmer waking up from a coma to stop a nuclear retaliation strike <laughs> by the Vice President. But this is a bit of a spoiler, and I don't know if you remember this storyline. What elevates this up a little higher is the Jack storyline. It's actually a bit refreshing to see Jack almost yeah. have something new to do with his relationship with Brady, the brother of a suspect, a sweet touch after a forget. I, I like Jack and the little, I, the, the brother guy. So I, uh, I, I sort of look through, see what's in this episode. And along with uh, what's his name and the girlfriend uh, earlier this season, these are two characters I completely forgot about until I looked at that and I'm like, brothers. I'm like, why is this slightly ringing a bell? And then I click yeah. and I'm like, okay, I kind of remember this. Yeah. So I have I had very little memory, still have very little memory of this, uh, but it's slowly coming back to me now. But there will there will be a, a bright side on next week's episode where DB Woodside does briefly come back. We just and uh, was written, oh, sorry, like I, this, it, it's just it, just just kill him. I mean, it's comedy. Well, it's <laughs> it comedy what they do with from this point on. Yeah, this is literally comedic fodder with Wayne Palmer yeah. because it's just and so it's, ridiculous. What's frustrating is that I, I know we have the worst of Wayne to come, but I wasn't high on Wayne coming into this rewatch. And he's one of the things that I'm most high on coming out of it. And I'm almost dreading getting into this now because I'm like, this is probably where my opinions originally came from. Yeah. And it, like, I just, I feel so bad for DB Woodside and I feel so bad for the character of Wayne Palmer because like, it's just, this character was so good in like season three. And then I liked a lot of season five Wayne Palmer. And then this is just what we get. Ugh, just it's wasted. Uh, listen to the other stuff we have coming out right now. Uh, we, uh, we, we, I don't know. We probably have reviewed Aquaman at this point. Oh, we would have um, Aquaman and Ferrari by now at this point. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, are a couple Aquaman of weeks away from our Jim Carrey anniversary month, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, so anniversary month is coming. Uh, we also got Scott Pilgrim takes off episodes weekly here, uh, and uh, more 24 next week. So such an exciting month here on the Oz Network. Uh, but Oscar month is going to be coming out very soon too. And uh, well, by now, I've, by the time of listening to this, I think we would have had the Golden Globes, and I think we would, um, yeah, the Oscars nominations, nominations would be very, very close. So uh, come on, Natalie, for your. I hope it maybe at least gets nominated, so we have to watch Natalie. Well, Palmer I'm, I'm going to say this: I have watched it. I oh. actually watched it. I cu I couldn't sleep uh, earlier this week. And that was one of the movies I decided to watch to try to put me to sleep. And uh, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. But it's a very interesting. It's a very. It's a movie that is very difficult to like while you're watching it. But then you finish, and you're like, oh, I kind of appreciate that. But I'm gonna say this. This is my wildest prediction ever, and it's probably not gonna come true. But uh, no chance we're gonna do a review of this unless it gets nominated for best picture. I saw the new Japanese Godzilla movie, Godzilla minus one. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now. That is a movie that could get nominated for Best Picture. This is like the dark night of monster movies. And the response people are having to this, it's like, it's unprecedented. I, I can't think of any type of block, but certainly a monster movie or a Godzilla movie where people are walking out of this saying like that movie is a masterpiece. 
maybe the best movie I've seen all year so far. Uh, Oscar movies might have to change my mind, but I'm crossing my fingers. Godzilla minus one. It is not that unreal. If you see this movie, you will. It is not that unrealistic to say it could get nominated for best picture. I, I've heard nothing but good things. So yeah, but the, the other one that I really want to watch. Uh, which I keep seeing uh, advertised. I think it's, it's a Netflix film. It's like Julia Roberts, Kevin Bacon, Ethan oh, Hawke, yeah. like uh, Mahasha Ali, like an end of the world apocalypse movie. Uh, I just saw the words Kevin Bacon. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Bacon and Julia Roberts. I mean, there's a combination that I need. So uh, yeah, yeah I, I want that on my list as well. Uh, so maybe we'll cover Kevin Bacon. Um, oh. We've never done the Kevin Bacon month, but it'll be coming soon. Covering when I Kevin when I get Bacon. when I get Liam, we'll do we'll do an exchange. If I get Liam Neeson month, you can get Kevin Bacon month. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Month. I don't I don't dislike Liam Neeson. I'm fine with Liam Neeson. I, I like Kevin Bacon. One of us have interviewed uh, one of them, and it's not you. So there you go next year. And by the way, Jamie uh, Jamie had been showing me during the recording of another episode, showing me clips of this really ridiculous Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> I'm already proposing something for Bad Movie Month the following year, where we just simply do. Bad Nicolas Cage movie month. Uh, I'm on board. I can't, I can't imagine anything more exciting than covering like the Wicker Man or those things. The one I was thinking about recently was the one that the bad movie that we often say, well, the two that we say every year that we do and we never have done from Justin to Kelly and Waterworld. How have we still not done that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, those, those got to be on the list. Uh, but, well, we're going to have to expand. We're going to have to do bad movies uh, podcasts or something. Bad, bad movie bad year. Bad movie year. Uh <laughs> So uh, something will be coming up soon. Uh, maybe one of those movies we talked about. So listen for it. Um, my name is Colin. And uh, yes, Ben, I hear you. Oh, you're the one who does. Uh, and my name is Ben. And fuck you, Michael Lee. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Oz network.net thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)